This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and Thursday was day six of training camp leading up to that August 8th game against the Denver Broncos in the preseason. Broncos actually hit the field for the first action of the season up against the Falcons in the Hall of Fame game. The Broncos had a late touchdown to put them ahead of the Falcons 14-10 and get the win, so Seahawks will be going up against the 1-0 Broncos coming up on this Thursday. But before we get there, we've got Pete Carroll on the podium, along with Tyler Lockett for the offense and Bradley McDougal on defense. Let's kick things off with Pete Carroll and an update on the injury to the Seahawks first round pick, LJ Collier. Uh, He's got a a badly sprained ankle and it's going to be a little bit. Um, So that's unfortunate. It's really an awkward position that he got tangled up in. And and so we'll have to take some time here to figure it out. It's going to be some weeks, though. Pete says that it's a rare sprain, not something that they're used to seeing, and he's not putting out an expectation for how long that Collier will be out, except to say that they're going to take it one week at a time. No, it's not a garden variety sprain at all. It's a little bit unusual one, kind of part of the upper part of his foot. Uh, It's an unusual one for us, so we we really haven't had a guy that sprained his ankle just like this, so that's why we're we're going to be really slow to make sure we know what we're we're doing with this. It's It's a rare sprain. So what does that mean for depth on the defensive line? Are the Seahawks going to be looking to bring someone else in to help fill in that defensive spot? We're always competing to figure it out. You know, is there somebody available or whatever? Um, you know, we go all the way to 53 and keep on going. We never stop. So we're looking. Uh, that, that hurts our depth though, a little bit, you know, but we do have guys to fill in, uh, play in the five technique spot. Um, Quentin Jefferson's doing a nice job, and also Rasheem Green can go over there too. And, and uh, so we, we, I don't think we're out of, uh, we're out of it now with – Numbers-wise, we're okay, but um, we got to be careful. we got to hope we can keep it together now. We'll get to some more injury updates, but first, let's hear what Coach Carroll has to say about some of the players, starting with Rasheem Green, since Coach Carroll mentioned him in competition for the starting spot at defensive end. He's one of the classics, you know, that he really does understand what we're doing now. He understands how to play. He can play the Leo spot or the defensive end spot for us. He can play inside the nickel as well. So he has he has all of that available to us. Uh, always has been a pass rush guy for us that we, that we like, but he's worked hard on his running games uh, technique stuff. He's already off to a good start doing that. So um, we're counting on him being in the rotation. Another guy who is competing to start at defensive end is Cassius Marsh. How does Marsh compare now with the player he was in the past? He's grown up. He's a grown up Cassius Marsh. You know, he was a young pup when we had him through the early days, and and uh, the the experiences that he's had in other clubs, and understand what it's like to go somewhere else and be somewhere else. Um, you know, he's he's a. a such a well-rounded player now he helps other players he's talking to the young guys uh he can do multiple uh jobs for us and particularly in special teams he's a really 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 groove special teams core guy so all that he brings uh is really the benefit of all of his years you know and, and we're lucky to have him keeping things on the defensive line how about al woods woods played in two games with the seahawks back in 2011 After leaving Seattle, he played in 100 career games before becoming a full-time starter at 30 years old for the Colts in 2017. Let's listen into what Pete says about Al Woods. 
Really fortunate that Al, we got Al. He's, he, over the years, you remember that we've always had big guys that we like to play with at the three-technique spot as well at nose tackle. There's been a whole list of guys. And uh, we think Al can fit right into that role for us, be a, a really good first and second down guy. He can play both spots. Uh, he's always going to play big. He's a big man, and he plays big. He's really experienced. He's a really good dude in the locker room with the young guys. He's all of that. So he's a really good addition to the club. Moving on to the defensive backs. Carroll offers up his evaluation of rookie Ugo Amadi. That's kind of early. He, he's done really well at everything that we've asked him so far. He's really smart, really fast. He runs really well on field, good burst and all that. But until we get going a little bit more, I can't tell exactly what, you know, where he is. Um, but up until this point, he's done everything we need him to do, and he's involved in special teams as well. And um, you know, he's going to be right in the competition of it. And Pete confirms that Amadi is playing at multiple spots and picking up the defensive scheme. Oh, yeah, he's doing fine. He's not going to have any trouble with that. He's playing nickel and safety. Staying in the secondary, what's Coach Carroll seen from second-year corner Trey Flowers? If you can imagine, the first five days of practice for him last year was just a blur. You know, when he was trying to tra- make the transition to cornerback, uh, now he's working on his skills, he's working on his mentality, he's working on recognition, all the kinds of things that, that come to play as you grow. Um, he's, a, he's a monster athlete out there, you know, and he's aggressive. Um, so when, as that comes out of his, his confidence and he becomes more and more aggressive, he just becomes a bigger factor. Last year, if you remember, he, he did a really good job uh, knocking the ball out and, and turning the ball over for us. He's going to be one of our best guys doing that again, so he's a great asset. He's really comfortable with what he's doing right now. He seems to be playing faster. I mean, everything, everything is better. So it should be good. The reports were that there were a lot of pre-snap penalties in practice on Thursday. Carroll was asked if it had to do with the day off on Wednesday, but Pete thought it was more the factor of the extra noise from the Blue Angels and pointed out that it gave him an opportunity to really learn how to focus. For me, it's one of those opportunities, a teachable moment there to, to say, okay, this is how we did this. And say, if I was telling them if this was the first half, we're behind. You know, we're not ahead in this game. We had a couple turnovers and, and, and uh, we had some penalties that stopped some big plays. So now it's halftime. What are we going to do about it? And we, we, necess- we use this opportunity to practice what it takes to get back on course. And so uh, tomorrow will be the day that we'll, we'll do that and we'll see if we can really sharpen it up tomorrow. Not only was the team dealing with noise from the Blue Angels, the music is also really loud, and, and that's normal for Seahawks practice, but it does help Coach Carroll offer a similar experience to game day. Yeah, I've always thought that, that it's really important. It's really a valuable aspect of the practice experience. So we also, uh, you know, now and then we call on the Blue Angels to fly too to just help us with the noise. And... Uh, so they added to it today. Uh, it made it really challenging today. But the, the mu- there's, it's more than just music, you know. It, it, there's, uh, the music is playing here all the time, in and out of meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, there, without question, it has something to do with the uplifting of the spirit of guys. And, and uh, me too, you know, I'm in it too. And uh, it's just part of it. The other day, the sound system went out. And everybody, what's going on? You know, everybody could tell and feel the difference in what it feels like. And so uh, it's never quiet at the stadium. It's always wherever we're going, way or home. And uh, we have to learn to just deal with that, that whole factor. So it, we also get that benefit as well. But it's really m- way more than that. It's more about the juice and the energy that, that uh, it, 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 it you know, works and lends, to, lends us to. Moving over to the offensive side of the football, Coach Carroll addressed how some players on offense are progressing as well including George Fant as a tackle. His awareness, is the experience that he's gained, the confidence that he's gained from the success he had at tight end, you know, and all that playing time. Um, it's just, he's benefited from all of it, you know. He's, 
he's really pumped up. He came back at 325 or something, you know, his weight is there and strong and all that. So uh, this was really a, a much better year for him in the offseason because he was just preparing to, to be at his best as opposed to just making it back. So uh, he's really excited about it, and he looks like a real asset whether, wherever we put him. One receiver to watch for a potential roster spot is second-year wide receiver Malik Turner. You know, we can play him in all different spots. He's, uh, he's versatility is there. Athleticism to be inside and outside. He blocks well, too. Um, he's a really nice player. He's right in the middle of the competition. And Pete was asked about involving the running backs in the passing game. Yeah, we have no hesitation to throw the ball to our guys. They're all good. Chris is really, really good. Chris might have as good a hand as anybody on the team. Uh, Rashad catches the ball well. Uh, Homer's done a nice job. We always, CJ's always been a big-time receiver for us, so it's a great group. And, and uh, really, the, probably the guy jumped out today was McKissick. You know, he, he's got great hands, so um, it's a very, very good group. Getting into more of the injury updates, Dwayne Brown wasn't on the field today. Coach Carroll said he was dealing with some family stuff. Tyler Lockett got the wind knocked out of him, and Fluker looked like he might have been banged up, but Pete said he thought Fluker was fine. Mikey Potty was in a walking boot earlier this week. And Pete Carroll said he's out of the boot and should be on the field soon. I had a mild sprain of the foot, and uh, he's doing great. It shouldn't be too long. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's keeping him out right now. But he, he's in pretty good shape. He's out of the boot and all that kind of stuff already, so he's doing well. The biggest injury today was to undrafted rookie tight end Justin Johnson. I'm afraid that he might have gotten Achilles today. Um, just one of those, those freaky injuries. You know, he's out in open space and takes a step and, and, and that pop happens. We can't, we've never been able to explain why that happens. You know, it's, a, it's a somewhat of a devastating injury because it takes so long. You know, it takes nine, nine months or whatever to get back. And if that's what it is, then, you know, he'll, he'll be working at it for some time. So it's very unfortunate. The Seahawks are going to have a mock game this Saturday. And they're doing it at a different site. It won't be at the VMAC. It'll be at Popkini Stadium in Bothell. Coach Carroll addresses what he hopes to accomplish in that mock game. Well, it's a, it's a big day. We're going to Bothell. We're, we're going to be in Bothell. You know? and so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you know, it, it's a big moment for the people of Bothell, too. You know, they have a chance to get the Seahawks to come to town. So uh, hopefully it's a nice event. It's a great little stadium. I, love the, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's a great little stadium. Um, it's sold out, which is really good, you know, standing SRO. Um, and uh, it's going to be as game-like as we can make it for our situations and all that. So I won't even take it off this field to get to a different, uh, you know, different locale for the guys just so there's a little bit of something. We'll be uh, on the bus with our shoulder pads on, you know. It's kind of like high school. It's kind of cool, you know. Um, we'll probably rock the bus before the game, you know, before we get out. All, you know, all those normal traditions will we'll kind of carry out before game time. The honorary coaches uh, to be announced, um, not yet, though. It's uh, The head coaches are um, – it's a big deal. Moving on from Coach Carroll to Tyler Lockett. Lockett is going into his fifth NFL season and has nearly 7,000 all-purpose yards. Broke into the NFL's top 100 we saw here recently. And he was at the podium and started off with a question about how hard he went down earlier in practice. I just fail. I can't really talk about it too much. So, yeah. With so many young players competing for spots at wide receiver, how does Tyler feel like they're developing so far? I think each and every one of them have been doing a really great job. I think 
from OTAs, they got to learn the playbook. They kind of got to learn where they fit in, what positions that we want them to be able to play, uh, whether it's the outside, whether it's the slot. And just being able to see how well they've done from OTAs to coming back now, a lot of them are making like really great catches, really great plays, just being able to stand out. When we go back and film, everybody posts the um, Pete Show's highlights, and a lot of them are making highlights every day. And that's exactly how you make this team. DK Metcalf was on the podium earlier this week and brought up that Tyler is helping him work on some specific things with him in camp. Uh, I mean, that stuff is really just working on footwork, doing ladder stuff, because the more you get into camp, the more you get into a routine and you stop working on your footwork, whether it's getting in and out of breaks or whether it's just working on just foot firing, especially for releases, you start getting lackadaisical. You start not being able to do releases the way that you normally do just because you stop working on it. And the same way that you try to work to get yourself prepared for camp, you want to continue to try to do that at the same time because we're not even doing as much as we're going to be doing throughout the season. Another rookie receiver, Gary Jennings, missed out on some of the work earlier this offseason with an injury. Lockett was asked if Jennings was behind after missing out on that work in OTAs. It depends on how you look at it. Like he wasn't out here being able to do a lot of the field work stuff, but he was able to learn everything mentally. And it's all about visual. Some people are visual learners and they don't always have to do it out there on the field. Some people, they might have to be able to not only learn it visually, but they have to be able to come out here and actually be able to do it to kind of get the feel of how certain things are supposed to look. But I think he's done a great job, especially when he's came back. A lot of people didn't know what to expect, and I think he's been doing good. He's been running past people, showing his speed, showing what he can do, using great hands. So I think the biggest thing is you can't worry about the time that he missed because now that he's missed a lot of time, you're looking at it now like, well, how prepared are you? How well did you prepare yourself with understanding the plays, being able to get yourself open, understanding what routes adjust and what routes don't adjust? And I think he's been doing good at that. With Doug Baldwin out, Lockett has an opportunity to take on more of a leadership role among the wide receivers. Does he feel like he's a more vocal leader than last year? Oh, I mean, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, I don't think there's different things that I could talk about now that I haven't talked about before. A lot of my stuff is more so one-on-one. If people have questions or concerns or whatever it may be, I'll try to give them the best advice that I can. Or if I was in the same situation, kind of try to tell them, Uh, the story that happened to me that may have been similar to what they may be dealing with, whether it's on the field, whether it's off the field. But the biggest thing that, you know, I really try to let them know is just to be yourself because that's the whole reason why they brought you here. And that's the only reason that the coaches are going to be able to see where to place them and where they fit in in the scheme of things and the way we play on offense or even the way that we play on special teams. So when it comes to catching passes from Russell Wilson, and we recently saw on the NFL Top 100, where Russell came in at number 25. We got to see Tyler catching some really high throws from Russell. When asked if it was a challenge to learn to catch those deep passes, Lockett says adjusting to the person throwing the passes is always important. Regardless of who's the quarterback, you just got to learn how to adjust to them. You got to learn what they're really good at, and you just got to be able to work on those types of things. So if you were to go in the offseason and work out with, say, other receivers, the way that they might work out might not be the way that you work out because they might be working out based off of what they need to do to be prepared for their quarterback. But you know what you need to do to be able to get right for your quarterback. And so being able to work on those things and being able to master those things allows you to be able to be in a better position. So when you come back, you've already worked on things that are different than what other people may work on. Is Tyler ever amazed by how high Russell throws some of those deep balls? 
I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me as much because I have to catch punts that are kicked that high too. And so you kind of get used to being able to know how to adjust to it, how to be able to see it, how to position yourself, where to be able to catch it. So because of those things, whenever I see the ball up in the air, it allows me to kind of see kind of where I need to be at in order to be in a perfect spot. As a five-year veteran in the NFL, Sometimes those kickoff return and punt return spots go to some of the younger players. How capable are others at returning punts and kickoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's capable to do it. It's just a matter of uh, when you get your opportunity and it's a matter of uh, when the coach decides to put you out there. Like when I was at Kansas State, I wasn't even a starting returner my freshman year. It was another guy who was the returner and he got tired versus Texas Tech. Then they put me in and then I ran it back. Then it was like, stay out there. Then the next game we played KU, then I ran it back again. Then they said, you good, just stay there for good. And so it's all about the opportunity that you get. So like, even when I first came here, I mean, they said like, okay, it's his job to lose, but I still had to win the job for myself. And when I first got the opportunity versus the Broncos, I ran it back. Then we played against the Chargers, I ran it back. So then it was kind of like you putting yourself in a position to try to stay there as long as you possibly can. Can somebody else be in that position? Yeah, but it's all based off of when it's your time to be in there and when it's your time not to be in there. So it doesn't sound like Lockett is ready to give up the return job yet. I think it's just all about knowing when, what battles to fight and what battles not to fight. Uh, the biggest thing that I learned was Durability is everything. If you ain't out there, that's the fastest way to be going. That's the fastest way to be watching the games on t- on TV. But when you're out there, you know when you need to call fair catch and you know when not to call fair catch. You know when you're getting a little too antsy, when you're doing a little bit too much, and you know when to calm down, and you know when you're playing um, – when you're playing a little less aggressive and now you know when you need to be more aggressive. But when I'm out there, I know which battles to fight. I know which hits I need to take, which, you know, when they be able to just say, all right, let's go on offense, when to be able to run out of bounds. These are all the things that you need to know. Otherwise, it's going to be easy for you to get hurt at some point. Safety Bradley McDougal was also on the podium and he's going into his third season with the Seahawks. He started all 16 games last season and finished the year with three interceptions, playing both free safety and strong safety. He fought through an injury last season and underwent surgery in the offseason for a partially torn patellar tendon. How's his knee feeling right now? Feels good. Uh, It feels amazing, actually. Um, I would say uh, hats off to the training staff and the coaches. Uh, They didn't just throw me back in the fire, full reps. You know, they eased me into it. My rep counts went up every day. Um, My knee's responding well. You know, I'm just very thankful for it and and just starting the season off healthy. McDougal was asked how the defensive backs are performing so far in training camp, and he wanted to focus on specifically how they're getting after the football. I would say all of them that got their hands on the ball, whether it's been – Ugo or uh, who, who got a pick today? Marquise got a pick today. Uh, young guys are just finding a way to get their hands on the ball. You know, they're showing up around the ball. They're putting us up on film for something positive. He mentioned second round pick Marquise Blair, who's now getting to see the field after starting training camp on the physically unable to perform list. You know, he's still got things to work on, as we all do. But being a rookie in a new system, he has those things to work on. But just athletic nature wise and, and, and knows for football, I would say he has it. Um, he showed up in OTAs. He made a couple splash plays and the same is led over to camp. So, you know, I'm happy for his growth. I want to see him keep growing and keep building. we got things to work on. But, you know, uh, for a rookie in his first start in a uh, training camp, I say he's off to a great start. Through training camp, he's been working in the starting role with Tedrick Thompson at free safety. 
he addresses the chemistry between him and Tedrick Thompson. Getting better every day. You know, uh, we have a lot of trust in each other. I, I feel like I know where Tedrick's going to be. We communicate well. Uh, this is our second year really playing with each, uh, one another, uh, getting used to each other. And um, I would just say we're growing. We're growing uh, two pros next to each other, getting better. McDougal was asked to offer his thoughts on the fight between Jaron Reed and Ethan Posick. Yeah, we got to keep our heads, man. Uh, depending on the situation and the game, uh, there's no excuses for it. You know, uh, those situations are, are very crucial. You know, you don't want to lose your important player late in the game over a fight, over somebody calling you a name or pushing you after the play. Uh, it's kind of just a, a message. Just stay focused and, and, and keep the main thing the main thing, and that's winning the game, not getting ejected for fighting. As an undrafted player in 2013, McDougal's now going into his seventh NFL season. He was asked if he considers himself a coach in the secondary. Just because I've been in the system, probably uh, one of the longest as far as out of the DBs, but I just feel like I got game reps, and um, I really do pride myself on my my uh, knowledge on the football field. So a, a lot of guys do come to me, you know. I, I, um, but that comes from much film practice, much uh, just knowing the defense, knowing the ins and outs of it, know where the linebackers line up at. So if guys uh, have a question to come to me, you know, I take it as a as a sense of respect or pride, you know, just because I know the defense. But uh, I would consider myself that. But I still, you know, have things to work on and, and grow as well. So there it is. Bradley McDougal, Tyler Lockett, and head coach Pete Carroll on the podium for day six of training camp on Thursday. Be sure to check out fieldgoals.com. Mookie Alexander has some of the highlights from day six of training camp. And be sure to check out Maddie Brown's article going in-depth on Gary Jennings, the fourth-round pick out of West Virginia. Check that out at fieldgoals.com. Coming up at seahawkerspodcast.com, we're going to have our 2019 season expectations. And if you find value in these shows as well as the Seahawkers podcast, you can help support the show by going to getintheflock.com. 